Sorry, my mic is just falling down, so I'm trying to fix it. Jackie's mic is falling down, falling down, falling down. Jackie's mic is falling down. What's the rest of the song? My fair lady. Jesus Christ. Sorry, guys. So, do you guys remember the traditional greeting for the Moby Dick miniseries? Arg! Welcome to the Fire of the Cannon podcast. <laughs> it's ahoy. Oh, ahoy. Which we found out, similar to aloha, means both hello and goodbye. <laughs> That's cool. It kind of sounds like aloha. Yeah. So, all right. Ahoy, was, everyone. I guess we just said goodbye. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Fire the Cannon. It has been, and it's about to be. So welcome to Fire the Cannon. It's a podcast which we host, we being myself, Rachel. Myself, Jackie. And me, Becca. And the three of us, we read our way through the classics and we discuss them. The three of us meaning uh, me and Rachel and Becca She partakes in the discussion. But she partakes in the discussion. That's right. She doesn't read it. I don't read them. She doesn't read them. Can't read, actually. But guess what, listeners? Neither Mm -hmm. do you. <clears throat> well, you can read. I didn't mean to say that. Uh, you don't have to read, listeners, because we're here to read for you. And we're going to tell you all about it. And we're going to tell you the funny parts. That's kind of why we're here. I'm a little sick today, so if my voice sounds extra sexy, that's why. It seems like, for the most part, all that's happening is you keep going... <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to try not to do that. Some people are probably I mean, it's into fine that. for me. You're the one who has to edit it Some out. Some people are probably into that. Okay. I'm just saying. As you may have guessed from the fact that I said it, We are reading Moby Dick right now. Cool. Any response from you guys? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I remember that being what you were reading. So, yeah, no notes. It's just a true statement. I don't have anything to add. (laughs) And this week we are going over chapters 26 through 45. Some of these were really great chapters. Yeah, I am pretty excited to talk about these. Yeah, Ishmael, he he busts out the racism, I gotta say, in one of the chapters. Oh, he really does. He busts it right out. <laughs> he busted it out in the beginning, too. I know, but he... He oh, really he, busted no, he, out this time. He didn't quite bust it out. I would say in There's the beginning, more. he yeah. maybe... Against his love, Queequeg? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, a little, but mostly not. No, mostly not, not. A, against all the brown people of the earth, I would say. Oh, no. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But first things first, we have to start out every episode with banter, as usual. So if for some reason you don't like the banter, you can skip ahead to the book stuff. But I'm pretty sure most of you are basically just here for the banter. Mm-hmm. Becca, so I have something to show you, and I need to get your opinion on it. I'm not going to say anything about it whatsoever. Yeah, just show her. I'm just going to send it to and, you. And we will. This is this is an interactive portion. We'll post it on our Instagram. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll post a portion of it on our Instagram. I can't post the whole thing, and you'll see why in a second. Yeah, we'll black some stuff out. I'm scared. Okay. Don't be scared. I don't have anything yet. Yeah, well, I'm texting it to you. Chill the fuck out. Oh, okay. All right. Whoa, Becca <laughs> got on her bad side. All right. What I've just sent you, Becca, is an invitation to something. my Halloween party. Oh, you're... We're supposed to make her guess what it was. It says it on the front. Right? <laughs> it says you're invited to Masked Intentions, a Halloween party. Don't read the well, address. I didn't know if, if I... Oh, yeah, I won't read the ad- address. I will say it's in Cincinnati. Are people allowed to know that? Yeah. 
They Do you are. want to cut that out? No. <laughs> I was hoping they would think it's in my Malibu home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I would know. Okay. When you, if you got that your first in the mail, impression? yeah, what vibes do you get from that? What kind of party do you think it's going to be? <laughs> like a swinger party or something? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> why do you think that? Tell the like audience why. What are the clues? There's a picture of like a mask and it's masked uh-huh. intentions. And I'm like, what are the intentions? They have to be. The intention is to mask. Duh. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, like, and- is there any more detail you're sending to people or is that it? <laughs> Like, how will they know? <laughs> I kind of thought the, that adding the small letters, a Halloween party. Would you can help, have a swinger party like, on Halloween. Yeah, it could be a swinger Halloween party. I mean, I think they don't know. I guess I, I would reach out and just verify the nature of <laughs> and, the party. And so did multiple others. <laughs> oh, they did. Right, they so said, is it a swinger party? <laughs> I showed this to people. Yes. Okay, so here's the first thing. So I'm having a, like, I don't want to call it a masquerade because I feel like a masquerade ball, like, evokes not a, a ball. certain type of image. It's not a ball, right. It's not a, you know, it's not Phantom of the Opera. It doesn't have to be all, like, Venetian masks. It's just masks. Like, you could wear a sexy mask. You you could wear a hot mask. You could wear, like, an uh, extremely a, sexual a, um, mask. A provocative mask. You can wear <laughs> an erotic mask. No, you can wear any kind of mask. Like, scary, spooky, funny, sexy, whatever. So I thought, I don't want it to be, like, a masquerade party, right? That's too fancy. So I wanted it to have, like, this kind of, like sort honestly sort of dark like maybe mysterious kind of air to it so the invitation is a black background with a silver like venetian mask in in it and and the letters are red and it says you're invited to masked intentions i just thought it would be cool it looks exactly like a 50 shades of gray it book looks exactly <laughs> like a fucking 50 shades of gray book i it didn't know kind of I like <laughs> i've seen the cover though i have seen the cover before <laughs> I didn't know. Well, when I looked it up, it's exactly the same, except yeah. the mask is just facing the other direction. <laughs> what? Uh, actually, like maybe I haven't image. seen the cover. It's not technically a mirror image. Maybe there's multiple covers. Well, this is like the second book or something, apparently. Yeah. I don't oh, know. Okay. I haven't read these things. There's like one, one is like a black background with a silver tie. One is like a black background with a silver mask. <laughs> You're just I wanted all these. a different background, but I had to pay for the stock image and I didn't want to pay for a stock image. So I used one that was free and I spent $50 printing these invitations oh, when I could have just spent $2 on a photo that was a different mask. And now I wouldn't have people thinking I'm throwing an orgy for Halloween. She yeah. had multiple people reach out and ask if it was an orgy. And when Jackie was texting me and Theo about it or text, yeah, texting both of us, she was like, I don't want people to not come because they think it's an orgy, but I also don't want people to come because they think it's an orgy. (laughs) They're going to be disappointed either way. (laughs) Yeah. So I told her she needs to like write on it in big letters, like just a normal party, not an orgy. Wear any mask you that want. That is going to make it so suspicious. No, that's like the lady Don't say not an orgy, but it's just like, this totally is a costume normal. party. Wear any kind of mask you want. There will be no sex. There will be no group sex. Yeah, you're not allowed to, actually. Yeah, yeah you're not allowed to have sex in my house. What I if I just know. on the back of it? It has, like, all the details. It's like, oh, we'll have snacks and drinks. Like, wear whatever you want. Like, whatever, whatever. Bring your own chastity belt. <laughs> yeah. 
at the end it'll be like no under no circumstances will anybody be having an orgy in my house yeah (laughs) i don't have enough tarps wait when who asked about the orgy so here's a funny thing so that was my theme that i already knew i was gonna have for like months because i was like oh my god there's so many cool masks masquerade stuff yeah to be french about it sort of maybe but I already knew that, but I hadn't told, you know, everybody because it's been months in advance. Um, and one of my good friends in Cincinnati, Jamie, went and was, like, clearing out her parents' house. The vet, she was, right? Like, the vet. Yeah, good job. And she, so she was clearing out her parents' house, and there was a bunch of, like, stuff in the basement. And she came back, and she just dropped off on my porch without even, like, I was home, and she didn't even knock on the door. She was just like, I left something for you. And I went and looked at it, and it was a big bag full of masquerade masks. And I was like, Jamie how did you know? And she was like, know what? And I was like, that's the theme of my party. It's it's masks. And she was like, oh, I didn't know. I just thought you would like these. So then I was like, oh my God, you have to see this. Like just today I printed these invitations. So I, I took a picture of it and showed it to her. And she was apparently at work by that time. And she showed it to all her coworkers. And she said, oh, everybody thinks this looks like Fifty Shades of Grey. And I was like, wait, what? It's too late now. I've already printed everything. And I showed them to my piano teacher, and he cried laughing. Like, actual (laughs) tears. Your piano teacher? (laughs) Yeah, because he's invited too. Honestly, everybody's invited. If you want the address, you just Send us an email at firethecannonpod (laughs) at gmail.com. You have to promise to show up, though. And don't have sex in my house. If you want to go to Jackie's... Non-orgy. totally normal not sex party yeah right i didn't i wasn't actually my initial thought was not 50 shades of gray it was just like masculine tensions like yeah swingers yeah. perhaps yeah why are you know. hiding your intentions <laughs> yeah would you have thought that if i didn't ask you like if you just got that would you be like oh cool a mask party okay i feel like how well you know like it depends how well i know you you know right like if right. i suspected you, you were a swinger I'd be like, this is a swinger party for sure. I mean, her boyfriend you know? did just get back from Singapore a few months ago. So maybe she's like, yeah, time to swing. Exactly. Oh, no, I think I would have swang when he wasn't here. You can't swing. Swinging is you can't multi- swing you solo. To to swing, you need to have. Yeah, exactly. Swingers are like swapping partners That's around. True. Well, my yeah. piano teacher said you should get a big like pineapple decoration and hang it upside oh, down gosh. like very prominently in the house. For those of you who don't know, that's apparently the swinger emblem. I did know that, actually. You did? I'm learning so much at my piano lessons. <laughs> Other than piano. Wait, so, so sorry. So upside down would mean no swingers. No, upside down means swingers. So then you oh, should I didn't do it know right it had to up. be upside down. Well, he was joking, like, I should just lean into it. Yeah. I guess it makes because, sense that it would be upside down because a pineapple is a very common motif and that could cause some issues. Yeah, it does cause issues. If it's just totally normal pineapple. How do you know, Becca? Because Emily has a lot of pineapples in front of her apartment. What issues happen with Emily? Do people frequently knock on the door and ask if they're swingers? Are you serious? And she says, no, none of those pineapples are upside down. What if I made a pineapple upside down cake? That would be (laughs) actually the official cake of swingers. Do you think we need to get Emily on for a bonus episode where she talks about her experience decorating with a lot of pineapples? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think that's going to have to be a non-child friendly episode, clearly. Yeah. I said a bonus episode. We don't have any children patrons. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't don't shut the door completely. (laughs) I have some things I could say, and it's not necessarily the pineapple's. But it's not child friendly, so should I not say it? We're an explicit podcast. Okay. We're exclusive to adults. No, I said explicit. Oh, I thought you said exclusive. (laughs) And I can name all the adults who listen to us. Okay, well, if you're a child, stop listening now. Come back in a few minutes. Close your ears, little buddy. Yeah, let your parents fast forward through you. I mean, for you. (laughs) 
That's what we're through you. <laughs> who do you who do I think I am? Adam Sandler and Click? Maybe. Yeah. Well, their apartment is like time. 2C or something. But there are three buildings, like three identical apartment buildings, and each mm-hmm. of them have a 2C. So they live in 2C, and it's happened a couple times where like a man will knock on the door. Oh, no. And like Lenny will answer it and they'll like try to just come in and he'll be like, what? what? And it Who turns just walks out. In to no, house? no, it's because, and Emily only knows because Alex <laughs> was invited on Grinder by this man. He is the 2C <laughs> the in a different building and he has a glory hole in his apartment and he advertises <gasps> on Grinder. And so those were oh his gosh. patrons. Patrons? Do you want to put the full name of the person who was invited to the glory hole thing? Is that okay? Maybe with- he says, like, don't talk to me or something. Oh, he didn't go. <laughs> he, he, he just, just knows about just it. invited. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. not. He just has the I intel. mean, everyone's invited, I guess. Yeah. Well, he just, I guess what happened is, I guess he just maybe saw it on Grinder. Like, maybe the Grinder is just a picture of a glory hole and it's like <laughs> there's a glory hole if you're interested swipe right like I instead of a like pr- instead of a person on a profile it's just a picture of a I, hole i don't actually know that much information but yeah it's not like alex didn't go to the glory hole he just saw it so i think it's and okay. then he was yeah, like ha 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 emily lives at the other 2c yeah and that's how they figured out and then because also because at one point they the guy came and he they had just gotten a different guy and so Lenny was getting frustrated because people just kept coming over and like they try to come in like they aren't like hey they just are like hey and then they start walking in and he's like what and he was like this is the second time he was like what's going on over there anyway why do they all have their dicks out (laughs) luckily they didn't I don't think they did yet but yeah he was like what's going on over there anyway and the guy was like just having fun and then he, what? he <laughs> just having fun. Okay, you know what my a, question is about the about the glory hole? They yeah. need a sign outside the door. You know, no, my that's question like, is to see or not to see. Oh, that's that oh, question. Oh, there we go. They need a mm-hmm. sign that to go under the two C, so it says two C parentheses, not the gay one. Oh, sorry. Sorry, gay. I, I don't know how to say it a little more. Like, I don't know how explicit they I can mean, be. It, it could just be not the not the sex one. Yeah. Not the glory hole one. This, I don't <laughs> not know. That glory. makes it sound like gays are not welcome. Well, I feel yeah. like they don't want to make it explicit that one of the two C's has a glory hole. Mm-hmm. Well, there's yeah. three of them. But so, they don't I mean, want to act like... They don't want to act like... Yeah, the gays say allowed in. Not the yeah. gay one. We support gay people, <laughs> but we're not like gay ourselves. <laughs> yeah, well, this isn't the place. I feel like people don't usually read signs is the problem, so they'll probably just like flit over it with their eyes and be like, "Oh, gay. I see gay. Okay, coming right oh. in." Like they have to really keep their doors locked. They could put a sign underneath it that says, "Like just so you know, there are multiple two C's. Please confirm this is the right one." I feel like that's actually that's the best so option. Or they could just like hang a trunk flag outside. No. That that's a little extreme, Jackie. It is a little extreme. It might no, it would not solve the problem. You have no idea. People talk about this all the time, but whenever like Republican conventions are in town, so many more people are on Grinder. So many people light up on Grinder. I know there's yeah. a lot of closeted <laughs> mega Republicans. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to deter people. But I like I said, have a sign that's like just so you know there are multiple two C's. Make sure this is the right one, please. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never been here before, this might be the wrong two C. So yeah, <laughs> double check. 
Yeah. If you're new. That would freak me out if I was trying to visit Emily and Lenny and I showed up and it was like, wait, okay. I, I would I've rather, never, I w- it's better for you to be freaked out and to text to confirm than for some random guys well, no, to bust into the I apartment and, and get their like, penises out. Oh, Ew. here's another 2C. This one doesn't have a scary sign. This one must be Emily's. And that's so the you'd glory bust in? Jackie, oh, if I you think you would go in. to the if glory hole the instead glory of just calling Emily, Jackie? They would say, wrong person. Like, sorry. You yeah, probably they could tell immediately that you're not. On, you're not allowed in there. Did they just assume my sexual organs? Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they did. probably would. <laughs> I think they would, and I think they did. Yeah. <laughs> what about the other two C? What do you think goes on in there? Because you got Emily and Lenny, who are totally wholesome, I assume, and then you've got Glory Hole, and then, like, what's two C? It's got to be somewhere in the middle, right? Like Meth. the mama bear of the two C's. <laughs> Meth <laughs> lab. <laughs> that's, that's worse than a Glory Hole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I maybe something even her- more wholesome. <laughs> Uh, like a baker, like a little more wholesome, like an old hole. couple, <laughs> old couple that bakes cupcakes that they give yeah. to homeless people. Yeah, that would be pretty wholesome. Yeah. Uh huh. Wholesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! Yeah, wholesome. the glory hole is wholesome. Oh, if you no, think about it, I didn't mean for that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of meth, um, <laughs> did I ever tell you the story about the the patients that? Um, I don't think it was actually my patient. It was my coworker's patient, but. Uh, she so we do prenatal counseling right and she had said to her now um what would you what do you think like would anything happen to the baby uh just like a baby hypothetically if they were exposed to say bathtub crank oh no oh no (laughs) what did you say jackie I I i think it was my coworker. she was like what is bathtub crank and she was like um you know like i don't do the bathtub crank but my boyfriend like makes it in our house and i was like i don't do it but my boyfriend makes it but what is it i assume what is it it's meth it's meth but i didn't know that well yeah something definitely would happen to the baby if they're exposed to meth i would say why did they have to specify bathtub do they think they would be like if meth is made in a lab babies can do it no problem it's just I, if you make it in a bathtub, idea. that's the issue for the baby. Just, the fact that they called it bathtub crank and my poor little coworker Carrie, who's like never done anything bad in her life, was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but we encourage you to keep not using the bathtub crank. That is my official recommendation as a genetic counselor. Well, now you know. A little bit of health advice from Jackie <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, because I'm so healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Sorry about the unwholesome or the wholesome, if you think about it, topic. <laughs> <laughs> We're done talking about it now, though, children. We're done talking about glory holes and meth and, and time for literature. You know who would probably be into that? Ishmael. He would He would be into one, you think? I do. I bet well, he would. Remember his love of men? Yeah. Do you remember that little part? He only loves Queequeg. I don't think he loves all men. He always talks about how hot every um, man he is. He kind of seems oh. like there's like maybe one or two men he describes who I don't think he thinks of as hot, but there's a lot of men that he does describe as hot. Yeah. Okay, so maybe he would like a glory hole. Yeah, maybe. Listen, I just need to tell anyone who's listening, we don't necessarily think he has to be gay, but there's some evidence and it's fun for us. So like if you disagree, if you think he's not gay get over it like let us have our fun do we not rachel i thought you were 
I thought you were fully on the Ishmael is gay train. I am, but I'm just telling anyone who's listening who's like, I am a scholar of whatever, and it was totally normal at the time for men to marry other men and spend the whole day in bed together, and it wasn't gay. I am gay. a scholar of straightness. Yeah. <laughs> a straight scholar. <laughs> yeah. I have my PhD in not having sex with men. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So... <laughs> So we're going to I wrote a super brief oh. outline. Rachel, do you want to see it or do you want me to just have it? For well, me? here's the problem. You might want to s- The problem is you're the one who has the outline and you also earlier were like, "Can you do most of the talking cuz my throat hurts?" Or send it to me, I'll read it. That'd be even funnier. <laughs> if I read the the outline, then you don't have to read the outline with your janky throat. Oh, wow. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think you mean my incredibly sexy throat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so 26 says knights and squires. And also Mm -hmm. 27 also says knights and squires. So that's interesting. Yeah, so far that's the first one we've seen where he gives two chapters the exact same name. Maybe it was not on purpose. Why not just make it one longer chapter? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because this chapter introduces the first mate, Starbuck. Yeah. The chief mate. But then, spoiler, the next chapter introduces everyone else. <laughs> so I don't know why one guy but got Starbuck the entire But Starbuck gets chapter. his own. He did. Yeah, so this introduces Starbuck, the chief mate. He's a serious dude, strong, silent type. This is a quote. I will have no man in my boat who is not afraid of a whale. So I guess he wants men to be afraid of whales. He wants them to have a healthy fear, like actually be as cautious as they should be about whales. Yeah, because if you put a dude on a whaling ship and he's not afraid of whales, he's probably going to do something stupid, like try to feed a whale, try to feed a whale with his own leg. Or he'll die. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe later in the book, he'll become a coward and lose his valor. That's what Jackie thinks. Maybe. So I don't know. We'll find out. 27. Oh, oh, we got to we got to go sl- slower than that. <laughs> oh, okay. Just pause and give us a chance to talk okay. if we must. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hear what you have to say. Starbuck, by the way, we find out he looks pretty darn good. You don't say. A man looking good? And he is 30 years old, so he's like our age, and he has a wife and a baby. Damn. He must be a good guy. And he's a first mate on a ship. He's pretty young. So I feel a little bit like I'm left behind. Well, my thing is, is he more attractive than Queequeg to Ishmael? Absolutely not. No, Ishmael talks about how he like, isn't he the one where his skin is like really like flat, like squished, like sucked against his skull. But Queequeg is like, he makes it look good. What? Oh, Queequeg thinks he's handsome too. No, sorry. Isn't Starbuck the one whose skin is like really tight on his skull? Oh, yeah, I think that is the case. And Ishmael says he makes it look good. He's he's weathered. He's uh, weathered in a good way. He's aged like a fine wine. Mm. He's so old. He's 30. It's unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's really leaps and bounds ahead of other 30-year-olds. These days. Yeah. With wokeness how it is. (laughs) Is that all we have to say about Starbuck? That's pretty much it. Ishmael is like, I love this guy. He's so hot and... Let's just say that hypothetically later on he were to do something and like lose all of his honor. I don't blame him too much for that because of how hot he is. Okay, moving on. Chapter 27. Wow. Pretty privilege. Okay. (laughs) So we have... Everyone has that. Every man has that in the eyes of Ishmael. In the eyes of the man known as Ishmael. That's true. Okay, 27. Mm -hmm. So he's maybe not Ishmael, actually. So this this is also Knights and Squires. Edin introduces Stubb. The second mm-hmm. mate and Flask, the third mate. 
So these names are just not very serious, it seems like. You're right. You picked up on that. <laughs> Perhaps they're even nicknames. <laughs> I, one hopes. Uh, they might not be. Okay. Stub. Does he have a stub? Does he missing any limbs or something? No, only one man on the ship is missing a limb as far as we know, and we haven't met him yet. Oh, okay, okay. So Stubb is a happy guy, and he's always smoking a pipe. Maybe that's why he's always happy, you know? Oh, yeah, what's in that? Okay, next is... Yeah. yeah. Okay, Flask is short and red-faced, and he hates whales. He doesn't respect them. He has no respect for whales, yeah. That's kind of rude. Whales, I get no respect. You guys have anything to say about those guys? I bet Ishmael doesn't find Flask attractive, at least. Yeah. So the the thing with the second mate and the third mate, they are each in command of the little harpoon boats that get sent out specifically to go to the whales. So they're kind of like mini captains. Yeah. Okay. How big are those boats? Uh, Row boat? Yeah, about the size of, the size of what you would make a bathtub crank in, I think. <laughs> so not that big. But they... Uh, and I'm sure you're about to talk about them, but each of those guys, when they're on their boat, they have their own, basically, first mates who are their harpooners. Yeah, and so there's three harpooners, and they're all, I guess, racially stereotyped, so that's a shame. We have Queequeg, <laughs> the most beautiful one of them all, the fairest mm-hmm. in the land. <laughs> so we beautiful, have... flipping people left and right, harpooning <laughs> yeah. spots of tar in the water. Covered in tribal tattoos, yeah. has a little, little man bun and a tiki head that he puts on his... Scalp. Oh yeah, the shrunken heads speaks in a completely incomprehensible form of pigeon <laughs> that doesn't make any sense linguistically. <laughs> okay, then we have Tashtego. He's a Native American. He's got high cheekbones and black hair. That's really all I knew about. Is he handsome to Ishmael? Yes, he's very he's handsome. Gotta be handsome. That's all I really knew okay. about him because he just said that's all he said about him, and then something about how his eyes are like big and Native American guy, hot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a bulleted list. <laughs> okay. okay, and then Dagu, 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 mm-hmm. Dagu, I don't know, he's African, and he has big gold hoops in his ears, he's 6'5", he's always being compared to African mammals, like a giraffe <laughs> or something. Did you notice that, Rachel? He's, yeah. <laughs> was he considered, did Ishmael think he was hot too? Yeah, he's all these guys hot. are hot, yeah. He's 6'5". You could be, you could look like anything and be hot if you're 6'5", right? Wow, Jackie, you're giving him a lot of credit. Dagu's also strong. Decked out in gold. Yeah, no, he's probably hot. I'll give you that. I bet he is. I shouldn't say that because I think Jacob is 6'5". Sorry, Jacob, not everyone's 6'5 is hot. That's what Jackie's Jacob. He's our sometimes editor. He's British. He just had a baby. Oh, I haven't met him. Yeah. I've never seen Jacob in person, so I've never seen him standing yeah, up. Yeah, he is supposedly 6'5". He, he says he's 6'5", but what if he's actually like four feet tall? <laughs> well, Theo said he did assume Jacob was shorter than he is, and Jacob was like, what? I'm 6'5". How tall is Theo? I think he's 5'10". Theo is 5'10". Theo said hmm. he assumed that Jacob was gay, and Jacob also assumed Theo was gay. <laughs> In reality, neither of them are gay. <laughs> wow. Isn't that funny? Jacob just had a baby girl. Congratulations, Jacob. Yay, Jacob. She's, she looks pretty cute. Is this his first one? Mm-hmm. It's his first one. His life is really going to change now. Yeah, I guess so. He's sending us more memes than he ever has. I wonder if he's bored at home. Well, he probably has paternal leave. Uh, yeah. And the baby, at this stage, the baby's literally sleep for like 22 hours a day, so... He probably yeah, is. but you can't leave them unattended. Nope. That's the thing. What if they flip over? So you really got to watch them. Yeah, what if they do a little somerset, like Queequeg throwing a guy in the air? Do you want to hear something racist Ishmael says, Rebecca? 
Uh, not really, but I guess you got to tell me now. <laughs> so this is a quote from him. So basically, first of all, you probably would notice this as well, but all of the officers on the ship are American and basically everyone else is not American. Yep. Hmm. Like it's a very international crew. There's a whole chapter later on where he just lists all of the guys and has them say weird things from what Ishmael thinks of a person in that country saying it's it's a whole thing. Yeah. But so the quote from him is the Native American, meaning white people, not Native Americans, <laughs> the Native American liberally provides the brains. The rest of the world as generously supplies the muscles. Good Lord. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if that's Yikes. the flex you think it is, Ishmael. That kind of just makes it sound like you guys are a bunch of weak little worms. Because you are. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. I think they're just racist in terms of who they promote. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, because he calls he calls Native Americans Indians, and then I guess he calls white people Native Americans. Native Americans, yeah. <laughs> that's very confusing. <laughs> well, he doesn't capitalize the N in Native. What a What a wild guy. It was less than 100 years ago that America was even created. By the time this book was yeah. written. So I think you can pipe I down know. about that. There might be people still living in this time period who were not Native Americans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there okay. might be. <laughs> who were living in America the whole time before it was America. <laughs> I didn't phrase that well. Oh, you mean, you, you mean real Native Americans? No, I mean like... No, she means like white people who came to the U.S. before it was even the U.S., before it was even its own thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's over here talking about how all white people are Native Americans. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, the white people on the ship are, at least. I'm sure if he met a British person, he wouldn't be like, you're American. Which, you know what's funny is that sometimes Americans will refer to, like, black British people. They'll call them African Americans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who calls them that? Americans? Sometimes do? Americans will call, like, black British people. They'll be like, oh, you know, African Americans. And it's like... Dude, that doesn't work if they're not American. They'll call yeah. any black people African-Americans because they think it's offensive to say black. Like, you can meet a, a guy from Nigeria and be like, oh, I met this nice African-American oh, man. I met this African-American guy. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I think it's okay. You can say black, but you just, which I had to hear someone say this recently, refer oh, to black people as blacks. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No. Yeah. So as long as you don't do oh, that... It always puts you on edge. Black is an adjective. Yeah, it's an adjective, not a noun. And then yeah. you're fine. It just makes me, if I hear someone do that, I'm not automatically like, oh, you're racist. But I am like, I expect to hear you say something racist any second That's now. The thing. Yeah, I'm like, on guard now. I feel like if it's like, I don't know, a history book or a documentary or something, and it says like, this is what blacks and whites had to deal with. I feel like that doesn't raise my hackles. But if someone says, oh, well, the blacks in this country. As long as you call them whites as well. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was that felt gross to say. I don't even like that. <laughs> I should have said the African Americans. Yeah, bleep it out. <laughs> no, don't. If you bleep it out, people will think you're saying a slur <laughs> oh no yeah that'd be yeah, bad absolutely don't believe it not. absolutely not yeah the next chapter is a really big deal because this one is called ahab and we finally meet ahab we finally meet the main character ahab <laughs> yeah so this is the guy who should be called stub anyway he's Whoa. an old man well i'm just saying because he has a stub yeah okay <laughs> i'm saying stub doesn't 
Stubb doesn't make sense for the other guy. It makes more sense for Ahab. He's an old man. He has a vivid lightning white scar across his face. He has a false leg made out of ivory, which seems a little excessive. <laughs> he doesn't really have anything to do. He just walks around the deck. Isn't that accurate, mm-hmm. Rachel? Like, they say, well, everybody else is kind of doing everything. So he just kind of comes out and he has like a little peg hole in the deck at different places where he could just put his little peg leg and rest it so he doesn't have to like balance on it all the time. That's kind of cute. Yeah. He has like little holes where he sticks the peg part. They but put he holes also... in the ship for his peg? Well, not in the bottom of it by the ocean. <laughs> yeah, not in the outs, like not in the hall, but on the deck. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah, in the sails, in the hull. <laughs> they say that they, there's a rumor that his scar on his face just suddenly appeared. Okay. Like Harry Potter. No, that appeared for a reason. Because he didn't have like a big event or anything. Like something was happening and then it just so showed up for no reason. Maybe he it's makeup. Maybe he puts it on every day. It's yeah. just a nice highlighter stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a nightmare about Ahab. Did I tell you guys this? No. After I read this chapter, I had a nightmare about him in which, so Joshua and I, our house is directly next to an overpass. Um, and I had a dream that we were standing in the living room and uh, Joshua is looking out the window and he says, are there a bunch of people on the overpass? And I look out and I'm like, uh, yeah, there are a bunch of people. That's really weird. Why are they all just standing there and they're all staring at our house? And one of them was like a big grizzled old man with a big lightning white scar across his face. Whoa. And he says, does, oh. does, does, does that guy have a big scar on his face? And I said, yeah, he does. And Joshua just says, I have to go. And he like turns around and like starts packing a bag very hurriedly oh and is like running out of the house. And then in our foyer, a hand punches up through the wooden floor and is like scrambling around. And then Ahab Whoa. crawls up through the floor. And it turns out Ahab has been hunting Joshua Ew. for like years. And the he brown keeps having man. to move. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah really the rest funny. of the dream was ridiculous. But I was like, what? Why is he hunt? What? Is Joshua Moby Dick in this scenario? <laughs> Did he take off Ahab's leg? Wait, how many years has he been I, hunting maybe Joshua? His whole life. <laughs> Joshua's whole life? You said 30 years, and I'm like, isn't he only about 30? <laughs> I don't know if I said 30 years, did I? Oh, well, I said, maybe I, I was wrong. Years. Maybe I might I have misheard know. you. Yeah, ever, ever since Joshua oh, came okay. out of the womb, he's been hunting this baby. <laughs> yeah, he was there. <laughs> and then he, That's where the scar came from. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, that was scary. Okay, so the next chapter, Stubb tells Ahab that his fake leg walking around on the deck is waking everybody up. And then Ahab freaks out on him and Stubb runs away. He's super offended and Stubb spends the rest of the chapter grumbling about Ahab. Ableist. Honestly, like, is it the middle of the night or something? Yeah, it was kind of ableist. You're going to, your stump is waking everyone. <laughs> also, if you know one thing about Ahab, you know that he has a peg leg. <laughs> like, they just tell everybody. So, like, yeah. get over it if you don't want to hear a peg leg. Yeah, but I mean, what time, because is it, like, the afternoon? Like, is he walking around, Maybe, like, at 2 like, a.m.? Or is he walking around during the day? shifts. So there's always going to be sailors sleeping. I think he does walk around at night because he doesn't sleep much. So what is Stubb saying? Like, you just can't walk ever? Yeah, he has to walk, I would think. Yeah, I don't know. Got to get his little pegging in. It's just like, you can't, how can you be like, oh, this is our captain. 
One, he's insane. Two, he has a peg leg. Who's going to be like, let me complain to the captain about his peg leg? I know. <laughs> it's just a bold this move. This guy who's famous for exacting revenge for no reason and being angry all the time. And, yeah, and being really sensitive about his leg being gone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I don't know if you noticed, but you're actually missing a leg and it's really bugging everybody. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying how, how missing your leg yeah. is. <laughs> Yeah, but so Stubb's pretty mad about yeah. that. He sucks. I already don't yeah. like him. So the next one is called The Pipe, and it just says Ahab smokes a pipe and then gets sick of it and throws it in the ocean. Yep, that's it. That's all. It's like a paragraph long. Okay, well, I don't know why he needed to litter. He's like rose with the heart of the ocean. He just chucks that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What if he wants it later? I, that's what I said. I'm like, okay, so you decided to stop smoking, but like you're going to be on this boat for three years and I don't know, you don't have anything, you don't have anything to do except peg around. So why don't you keep your pipe? Three years? They'll go to shore occasionally. They don't have supplies for three full years. Okay. Or do the Wellermen come and bring them <laughs> sugar yeah, maybe. and tea and rum? <laughs> but they could probably also bring him a pipe. I'm sure they've got pipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, they could go to shore occasionally, but, like, why would you need to throw your pipe away? Just keep it. <laughs> it's not no, like it's weighing the yeah. ship down. <laughs> He's dramatic. He's a, you know, dramatic bitch. He's a messy bitch who loves drama. Mm-hmm. This next chapter is about a different dramatic bitch. It's called Queen Mab. This is my favorite. Stub, mm-hmm. he's the dramatic bitch, tells someone about a dream he had where Ahab kicked him with his ivory leg. Shades of Jackie. And he realized it was an honor and privilege to be kicked by Ahab. And then I said, this is a dude named Stub being kicked by a dude with a stub. There you mm-hmm. go. I put it in quotes and I think Becca was about to read it as though like Stub said that. <laughs> oh yeah. Well anyway, so so I don't know why it's called Queen Mab. And I guess Queen Mab is like a fairy and like comes to people in dreams and like she's the bringer of dreams. I gotcha. And so now Stubb feels better about Ahab and his peg leg, I guess. Yeah, he's like, I I should be so lucky as to be kicked by Ahab. (laughs) And in the previous chapter, when Ahab was yelling at him and he was really mad about it afterwards, he was like, Ugh, that man called me like a dog and an ass and all these mean things, and he may as well have kicked me. In fact, maybe he even did kick me, and I didn't notice because I was so mad about the other stuff. And then he has a dream where he does kick him, and he's like, actually, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm your biggest fan. Please kick what me. What a weirdo. <laughs> okay, interesting. The next thing. Oh, you're going to like this chapter, Becca. You're going to okay. have some stuff to say. Yeah. Oh, cetology. So it's the study of whales mm-hmm. in which mm-hmm. Ishmael, he misunderstands whales. It just says in all caps, a spouting fish with a horizontal tail. I took that directly from the chapter. He says, what is the definition of a whale? All caps, (laughs) a spouting fish with a horizontal tail. That's it. Oh, I spelled tail wrong. Sorry, but uh, it's not a fish. Yeah, he starts out the chapter being like, look, there's a lot to be said about whales. No, nobody knows everything. I don't know everything. I'm just going to tell you what I know about whales and I'm going to do my best. And, he's wrong. and the whole entire time he's like, this idiot thinks this about whales, but actually this or like people claim to know this about whales, but I've seen it with my own eyes and they're wrong. And then at the end, he's like, I think you'll see that I kept my promise. I didn't really try too hard to be perfect. He also, the way that he, he like, he wants to classify whales and say, like, here are different types of whales. But instead of, like, saying, okay, this species of whale, there's this and blah, blah, blah. He divides them into chapters of distinct books. And the books that he divides whales into are folio, octavo, and duodecimo. So those are the types of whales and there are. Folio contains all the serious whales, like the sperm whale 
And <laughs> the serious whales. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Octavo is like what? Like porpoises and other kinds of whales. And then Duodecimo is what he calls pigfishes, which I think are like manatees. Oh, <laughs> um, I love manatees. So when he's like, Folio, those are the serious whales. It's like, no, those are the ones that are whales. Like everything else isn't <laughs> even a whale, dude. <laughs> he also says like, here's... A lot of reasons. Was it Linnaeus or somebody? Uh, yeah, Carolus Linnaeus. Yeah. Carolus Linnaeus, you know, the guy in, who monk. came up with taxonomies. He he says, well, here's all the reasons that Linnaeus thought that whales were mammals. They give birth to live young. Um, this and that. Like, they breathe air. They don't have gills or whatever. And he was like, uh, those are all really great reasons why this is a mammal, but it's just not a mammal. It's a fish. What? I said it's a fish. Yeah. Wow, he's in charge, I guess. And it's crazy because, like, he knows the reasons, so he must know that they're true. Yeah, he But then he's like, regardless. <laughs> he just doesn't like the idea of a, a mammal being in the water that long, essentially. Yeah. It's a spouting fish with a horizontal tail. That's all it is. That's cetology. It's a, it's a long, aggravating chapter. Well, I'm glad I didn't read it. I would like to say something about Carolus Linnaeus that I've always thought is that, to me— it is really hilarious to be someone who's like, I really like Latin. I'm going to totally change my name into a Latin version of my name. Yeah. And then everyone, like, we still call him that. What was his original name? Uh, Carl, like Carl Linné, basically. Mm, or so, it's something along those lines, but it's definitely Carl. And he just Latinizes his name. He's a weeb, but about Latin. Jacob here. Jackie can't remember which robot voice I used to have. So this is me now. It was actually Carl Linnaeus' father who changed the family name. In Scandinavian tradition, he would have adopted the patronymic surname Niels. But his father had to choose a family name in order to be admitted to university, so he picked Linnaeus after the linden tree. Fun fact, Rachel's fiancé Stephen also shares this surname's root. No pun intended. After Linnaeus was given a noble title by the Swedish government for his work, it was at that point that he became known as Carl von Linné. So, Rachel is right. There was a weep for Latin here, but that weep was Carl's dear old dad, not Carl himself. We apologize, Carl. Please don't sue us for defamation from beyond the grave. Perhaps, then, Rachel can have a new favorite Linnaeus fact. Here's one she'll surely find cute. As a small child, young Carl already had an affinity for plants, especially flowers. Whenever he was upset, he was given a flower which instantly calmed him down. <laughs> there's a couple funny things in this chapter so at the very beginning he says like well first of all everybody knows about the sperm whale it's the largest animal on earth and i was like oh they must not have discovered blue whales yet but at the end he said he talks about the blue whale i'm like you idiot oh he just didn't and know then, how big it was <laughs> i don't well, know he, he probably never comes face to face with blue whales he doesn't know any of these whales like this is his first whaling voyage what is he all high and mighty about <laughs> yeah because he hasn't even seen a whale yet <laughs> yeah they, they haven't talked about a whale at all yet and then at the very end, he says, I didn't, you know, try to finish this and make it perfect. I'm leaving it unfinished just as the great cathedral of Cologne is left with the crane still standing on top of the uncompleted tower. For, he says, quote, small erections may be finished by their first architects. Grand ones, true Whoa. ones, ever leave the copestone to posterity. Wow. If you build something tiny, the first guy can finish it. But I'm not finishing this because this isn't a tiny erection. This is a, this is a large erection that I just made. I've seen the cathedral in Cologne, actually, multiple times. 
Is it a large erection? Uh, I would say yes. But what I'm curious about is I don't remember if it got bombed in World War II or not because most of Cologne did. Are you just like purposefully avoiding the erection joke? Because it seems like you're really it, expertly serving yeah, it. Jackie, just it's fine. The audience can laugh if they want. I'm trying to talk about <laughs> <laughs> architecture. Isn't it funny? <laughs> I guess it is funny. <laughs> it's just funny because it's Ishmael. He just has better penis jokes. <laughs> I don't think this was a joke, though. <laughs> okay, but... I think it was. He always had penis on the brain. He really did. The last two or three sentences of this chapter are, God keep me from ever completing anything. This whole book is but a draft. Nay, Whoa. but the draft of a draft. Oh, time, strength, cash, and patience. And this is a quote that I think actually meant a lot to me in my life, but I totally misunderstood it when I saw it. So I saw it in uh, the Modern Art Museum in Cincinnati like years ago when I first moved here. And oh, it was gosh. like a Moby Dick themed uh, like modern art exhibit. And one of the paintings had that on it. God keep me from ever completing anything. Oh, time, strength, cash, and patience. And it was at that point in my life where I was like, I've started a million like potential careers and I never finish anything <laughs> and I'm never going to have like a career. And I'm like, this speaks to me so much like uh god forbid i should ever complete anything is how i took it and then ishmael means that like don't please don't let me complete anything because if i complete anything that means it's not good enough and i was like wow i really took that the wrong way but it, it propelled me <laughs> wow that's funny i'm surprised you didn't mention before this that you've been to a moby dick themed modern art exhibit i didn't think about it until i saw that quote in fact that picture though used Whoa. to be my cover photo on facebook <laughs> You can go look it up. Whoa. Mm -hmm. I'll post a picture of it on Instagram. Nice. And I'll credit the artist. Yay. Whew. Man, Becca, how's it going? You're doing so much work this time reading the summaries. I know. This is a lot more work than I usually have to do, but hopefully I'll be you might have back to, to the old status quo next time. So... <laughs> Well, while we have you here, maybe you can comment on the things I'm about to say, which are, if you're enjoying this mini-series, please consider going to patreon.com slash firethecanon, canon spelled C-A-N-O-N as always, and becoming a patron of ours for $3 or more a month. All of your support is really appreciated. We use the money to like pay for web hosting and sometimes editing and equipment and blah, blah, blah. It all goes to a great cause. And... Based on how much you donate, you get special little rewards. And the best reward, in my opinion, is the bonus content. At this point, we've got tons of bonus content for you, so check it out. A lot of those episodes are, are quite funny. If you would like to keep up with what we're up to, maybe see some memes, post whatever, we're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at FireTheCannonPod. We have a website, which is FireTheCannonPod.com, and then you can also email us at FireTheCannonPod at gmail.com. Those are all great. If you would like to support us but not using money, you could give us a thumbs up on Spotify, you could give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, and or you could tell family and friends about us. What do you think, Becca? I think it sounds good. Also, so just to clarify, if you donate at least $3 a month, that's when you get the bonus content. Yes? Yes. Okay. And then every, every tier where you give more money, you also get the previous rewards. So anyway, consider it. We would really appreciate it. And we have some really funny stuff on there. Okay, back to the episode. Maybe Ishmael will finally meet hmm. Captain Ahab. I know if he does or not, but I won't give it away. <laughs> Thanks. Well, the next chapter is called The Specsnyder 
and Spec Specksinder. This whatever. It's she spelled it Specksnyder. <laughs> Specksnyder. Oh, that's what I thought it was. Jacob here. Actually, it is Specksnyder. I think it's Specksinder. It, it is Specksnyder. Specksnyder. Yes. Is it? I mean, it's S N Y. I don't know how to say it. Oh gosh. Guess I'm not needed here after all. I listened to this chapter in audiobook. Well, she said something about the hierarchy. And she hated this chapter, right, Jackie? Says, what even is it? Yeah, I don't, Rachel, what the heck is this chapter? I don't even know. I literally, I read it multiple times because I'm like, I just have to summarize this somehow. And I literally can't. I think it's something about like the abstract concept of hierarchy. He doesn't describe the hierarchy on a ship. That comes later. What this chapter is, is just, there is a hierarchy, I suppose. And it's like full of like lofty language and illusions. And I, I was like, I don't even know what this is. I hate this chapter. I can, I can tell you a little bit about Go it. But it. I did find out why I thought it was one thing and you thought it was one thing is because apparently, <laughs> I think the person who was reading my audiobook had the original spelling. So Melville called it Cinder at first, but he got the word wrong. <laughs> So it has been corrected in later no, editions. No, he didn't, Rachel. This guy's an expert on all things whales and all things ships. He didn't get anything wrong. So, <laughs> so it's like a it's it comes from the Dutch. So, so basically, he he just kind of talks about like the history of whaling, and he says like, oh, the one thing that's different about every whale ship from every other type of ship is that we have harpooners, and they have like a really special honored role, and. Actually, um, there was there was someone named the Spec Snyder, which is Fat Cutter, and that person was the chief harpooner, and he was actually like a co-captain. So the guy that's the captain, all that guy ever did was navigate the ship, and like everything else on board was up to the <laughs> Spec Spec Snyder. <laughs> yeah, and so he um, he just talks about also like. The reason, so even though they technically do have hierarchies on a whaling ship, to him, it's just like, it's not as important as it is on other ships and that whalemen are much more cooperative than other sailors because everyone, like when there's a whale, everyone has to work together and like everyone's pay results, it, everyone's pay comes from them having a good result from the hunting. So everyone is like constantly relying on everyone else and like, it's more important than for things to like go smoothly and be successful than just following a rigid hierarchy. But he does talk about like there are some captains these days who really show off and they want you to respect and honor them. And then he's like, no, but, you know, Ahab's different. He doesn't care about being seen as superior to everyone else. I disagree. But he does like boss us around and tell us what to do and make us listen to him all the time. <laughs> um I, I really do like this book. I, I am actually loving it, but I feel like that chapter is just like, or I feel like Ishmael is insufferable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he was kind of annoying in this part. Whaling ships are better than every other kind of ship all the time. You know what? Every other ship also has to, they all have to rely on each other and trust each other because their pay and their lives all depend on each of the ships making it back to shore. You don't get paid anything if. You guys don't cooperate in the ship sinks, so there. 
Mic drop. He, yeah, he he is annoying. He's like one of those people that, you know, the stereotype of... Uh, not like other ships. Oh, if you study abroad <laughs> and then the person comes back and is like going on and on about Espana. And it's like yeah. he goes on one whaling ship and he's like, oh, that's the best one. I know everything about it. Let me tell yeah. you. Oh, yeah. If somebody comes back from Australia and is like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, maybe. No, he's he's an end loss. He's a not like other ships. Not like other sailors. Yeah, not like other sailors. I'm hotter than other sailors. All the guys around me are hotter. Well, the next chapter, according to Jackie, was a great chapter. It's called The Cabin Whoa. Table. There's a steward named Doughboy. He's a pale loaf of bread face. That's a quote. Um, <laughs> he thrust his pale loaf of bread face through the door, according to Ishmael. There's a hierarchy, hierarchy of who gets to eat dinner first. So there's Ahab, then Starbuck, then Stubb, then Flask. So they, they all technically eat together, but Ahab gets to start eating first. And then Starbuck will like walk up to the stairs and like hang out there for a minute and then go down. And then he'll like eat down there for a few minutes and then he'll call for Stubb. And then Stubb will hang out and call for Flask. And they all go down there and they're all eating in complete complete silence and they're all like terrified to talk or make any sound why are they scared to talk because ahab ahab who's totally chill and doesn't make anybody do anything (laughs) says he's an alien wait i thought ahab was bossy yeah but he didn't tell them like when he's eating dinner he's not saying anything or doing anything but everyone's just so freaked out i guess to hang out with him that they are totally quiet here's the thing he's like the dad who doesn't hit you Because he doesn't have to. Everybody's just afraid of him anyway. Because he'll force you to have a dream where he kicks you. (laughs) Yeah. And realize it's an honor. Yeah, he doesn't hit you because he hits you in in your dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Inception. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Also, apparently poor Flask, alas, was a butterless man. Oh, Jackie. Because by the time he gets there, there's barely any food left. And there is butter, but he doesn't dare presume that he gets to use butter. So he just doesn't use any butter. It's a funny chapter. So who even gets to use butter? I mean, everybody else uses butter. Number four doesn't get to. Or number three, I guess. They all do. They all get to use it. And Flask could use it, but he's just like, I don't want to seem presumptuous. So he eats his, like, grizzled fat that's, like, all that's left from the meal, and he doesn't eat butter. I don't know that grizzled fat would be better with butter. I feel like everyone's only eating... If they're out of food by the time Flask gets to eat, then all the harpooners and everyone else, they're not getting (laughs) anything either. They're just... They're out of... Like, whatever they would, like, made for the table of those four guys. Like, the the rest, like, Ahab gets the best cut of meat, and then the next person gets the next best cut of meat. He's not putting butter on the grizzled fat. He's putting it on the bread, but so he's just eating, like, dry bread. Okay, so the other people don't have to eat at the same table. Okay, I understand. Um... The person I was out with the other night doing karaoke just tested positive for COVID, and I'm sick, so I wonder... Jackie! What? Why are you mad at me? You need to get tested for COVID, and you need to hurry and tell your friend who's a vet. I did tell her. Who you saw yesterday. Okay. She's on it. Don't worry. But I took I took a COVID test, and it was negative. Oh, They'll okay. do it again, I think. Spoiler alert. Jackie does, in fact, have COVID. Aww. But anyway, Doughboy, if he doesn't come down fast enough, Tashtego throws a fork at him. <laughs> and once Dagoo picked him up, put his head over a piece of wood while Tashtego took a knife and pretended he was going to scalp him. Overreaction of the century. Okay. Poor Doughboy. Yeah. Also, that's quite racist, right? Like, oh, the, the Native American guy, if he gets mad, he just sca- instantly tries to scalp you. Well, he just pretends to. Well, it's possible that... He is, like, playing with their stereotypes where he's like, this isn't even something my tribe does, but I know they think that all Native Americans do this, so I'm going to pretend. Yeah, I could see that. Like in um, Parks and Rec when Ken Hotate pretends to lift the curse. Yeah. 
And place a curse. Yeah, he pretends to place a curse. He pretends to lift a curse. Because he says all white people think Native Americans can cast curses. Yeah. Okay, Dagoo is like an elephant. But yeah, basically when Doughboy hears them call for him, he gets so scared he shatters dishes in fits of palsy. Oh no. So Doughboy is just, he's a, a scared guy. Poor Doughboy. Well, that's dinner time. Yeah, I think there's also more parts in here. I think you did say that, Becca, where he's like talking about how he's like an elephant. And I'm like, how, why would Ishmael know anything about what an elephant is like? What is Ishmael's job? Like, who is he eating dinner with other random sailors he's pretty low ranking because he's not a harpooner yeah he's only got like the 273rd lay or something so i don't know what he's eating yeah. but it's no says, butter for him no butter it says flask by the time he gets out of there he's like hungrier than when he started because <laughs> he like Poor never flask. gets to eat anything <laughs> well the next chapter is the masthead and ishmael complains about having to keep watch on the masthead which is just a wooden perch with no seat or anything he says there's no comforts at all like a bed a hammock or a hearse but because yeah you'd fall asleep up there and you're supposed to be watching that's what i would think yeah he was like oh other ships i've been on like they have a little seat and they have a compartment where you can keep your stuff and like you can have a big coat and blah 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 and you can put your compass and stuff up there it is true though he just has to like perch on a little wooden peg pretty much and i'm like that does seem a little scary i think you should at least have like a little tub you can sit in a little what a tub like a little tub or something you know (laughs) crow's nest for you could also make some meth in there too (laughs) like some bathtub crank i didn't mean like a bathtub i meant like i don't know like a little you know what i'm saying like a little wooden bucket i don't know (laughs) (laughs) big wooden bucket he says like so the reason it's so uncomfortable is because the entire purpose of a whaling ship is to see a whale and like kill it so they don't want it to be comfortable because that guy is the one who sees the whales and he literally is like i'm not good at this by the way i'm really bad like never hire a young man who like seems philosophical and absent-minded what yeah so what is his job on the ship like what can he do he can't harpoon he can't even sit and look at the water he can clean the boat and stuff like if somebody tells him to do something he'll do it but i think the thing is like when you're on a whaling ship most of the work is when you are dealing with a whale the rest of the time it's just like we got to keep this ship moving yeah i'm surprised not even like any regular whale has showed up by this point. like a duodecimo whale as in a manatee or like or like a a pig fish or something (laughs) or blue whale the smallest whale in the sea well just not the biggest one jackie (laughs) pretty small compared to the mighty sperm whale (laughs) quarter deck this so i guess the chapters going forward are written like a stage script Yeah, so it's like Ahab enters left and then like all those little (laughs) descriptions. And so then Ahab gets everyone together and he tells them that the point of this voyage is to kill Moby Dick. Starbuck is like, are you serious? That's ridiculous. And Ahab is like, deal with it. And he's satisfied (laughs) at how easy it was to get Starbuck to shut up. Starbuck literally is like, I signed up on a whaling ship to hunt whales, not to just chase after your nemesis. Yeah, and also, like, it's an animal. It didn't mean to take your leg off. It doesn't... Why are you doing all this just to chase, like, a dumb animal that doesn't, you know, have any intentions? And he's just like, no, he does. No, Moby Dick has intentions. He's evil. He tried to get me, and I'm gonna go get him. And then, so Ahab is like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like, he just, like, went quiet when I told him to. And he says, quote, something shot from my dilated nostrils, he has inhaled it into his lungs. What the ever-loving fuck does that yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I was confused, yeah. There's nothing to understand. Who knows? It's 
You want to, you want to make a yeah. point and get someone to understand you. Shoot a booger into their lungs. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> but a you know what? In light of okay, so remember whenever the because he's saying, oh, he's a whale. He's not like after you in particular. And he's like, no, he's my nemesis. Everyone acts like he's silly. That like a whale's not smart enough to be your nemesis. But whales are really smart, first of all. And second of all, remember the killer whale matriarch teaching all the other killer whales to sink all the yachts? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Captain Ahab was maybe onto something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the thing is, though, like, he says, like, oh, Moby Dick's my nemesis. But Moby Dick, the only thing he did was when Ahab was trying to kill him, he bit off his leg and left. Oh. <laughs> so, like, I don't think that's, he hasn't been, he's not the one who keeps coming back to bug Ahab. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, Moby yeah. Dick isn't chasing Ahab all over the place and, like, coming onto land and trying to get him in his native habitat. <laughs> yeah, like the alligator right. and Captain Hook. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that situation. Exactly. But I guess my point is that a whale could be your arch nemesis. If you're yeah. like a yacht. If you respect it. I think, yes. But I feel like when Moby Dick sees Ahab, he's going to be like, who are you again? He's not going to be like, oh, yeah, there you are. My nemesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. I'm coming for that other leg. I've been looking for you. <laughs> Remember, uh, what was it your little cousin said, Rachel? I was looking for that. <laughs> oh, Lydia said that. That was Lydia. Oh, Lydia. <laughs> I was when, looking for Every that. time she was just digging in the yard, just digging in the dirt, and every time she pulled a rock out of the dirt, she'd say, I was looking for that. No, no, <laughs> Aunt Fleming was digging up the rocks. Lydia was watching. No, Lydia was helping. No, no, but Aunt helping. Fleming, Aunt Fleming would dig up a rock, and so Lydia, to take the rock from Aunt Fleming, would say, "I was looking for that." <laughs> and, and then Aunt Fleming would that give makes him it to even her. funnier. But imagine that's what Moby Dick says when he sees it. He's like, "I was looking for that." <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, the only other thing that happens in this chapter is he calls Ahab calls Doughboy over, and he makes like everybody take a ceremonial drink out of a harpoon. Like, he screws the end of the harpoon off and pours wine into it. What? I think, right? It was hollow. There's, like, an iron cup on the end, you know? Yeah, so he makes everybody drink out of this, and then he has to, like, keep refilling it to get everybody a drink, and then he tells Doughboy, if you weren't St. Vetus's imp, we wouldn't have had to refill this by now. What the heck? Because he keeps spilling it. And we had established in a different episode that St. Vetus is the patron saint of epilepsy. It was just a... Oh, no. no. It was just a really mean little remark. So he's, he's like, binding everyone to his cause with this ritual. And he says, God hunt us all if we do not hunt Moby Dick to his death. Why would you say that? And if that happened to me, I would be like, uh, no, wait, no, not me. Don't hunt me, God. Nope. Spit that wine back out. <laughs> I don't want to be hunted. That's just yeah. so rude to be like, oh, let's let's take this undying pledge. Here, drink this for the pledge. And then, like, while everyone's drinking it, be like, uh, God, kill us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, if we don't succeed, can you please murder us all? Thanks. Yeah. yeah that's I would, crazy. Yeah, I really would spit it out and be like, just kidding. No, no, no. I didn't sign up for that. Mm-hmm. Well, in the next chapter, it's just the sunset. And basically Ahab is like, that was easy. I can't wait to get that whale. <laughs> right? He was is that just what like, happened? dang, I, I thought somebody was going to try to go against me. But he was like, no, nah, they didn't. That's the whole chapter. Yeah, he says that. He also says, like, everybody thinks I'm crazy. And I also think that I'm crazy. Well, he knows at least. Insight is important. Yeah. And he reveals that there's a prophecy that he would be dismembered by a whale. And then he's like, hey, no worries. Like, this is my fate, but I'm also going to kill Moby Dick and he'll kill me too. Ooh, yeah, that is crazy. That, yeah. <laughs> to think that and to but say that it to yourself. it's like worth it to you. Like, as long, like, 
yeah, he's going to kill me and that's fine as long as I kill him first. And he has like, like he has a, a young wife, a little wife or whatever. Oh, no. And a daughter. That's why he's not evil. You can't you can't be a bad guy if you're a wife. I mean, you can't be a bad guy if you have a wife. <laughs> Do you think that might be the, the new best one I've ever said, Rachel? That's a pretty good one. Maybe. You can't be a bad guy if you're a wife. That's the perfect thing to say at my wedding. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, Rachel, when we were, uh, when Theo and I were visiting at the beach, like, a couple years ago, um, <laughs> we were all trying to record an episode. So we recorded the episode with Lottie Reinbold um, about, like, medieval literature. And we also participated mm-hmm. in an episode of Ross White's podcast, Trivia Escape Pod, which has not yet been released. So I have to check with him on that because it's been it may liter- never be released. It's been we'll years, see. but we did record it. And so we were recording in different places because, um, you know, we can't record in the same room or it'll overlap, whatever. So Rachel was in her bedroom at the house and I was in the little guest house we were staying in. And um, Rachel sent a text that said, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to record the wife is really bad today. And I thought she was saying her mom was like in a really bad mood and it was so bad she wasn't going to be able to record. And I think I responded something like, oh, no, like did 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 we upset her and she was like did we do something yeah, she wrong? was like what yeah. and i was like well you said the wife is really bad and she was like i meant the wi-fi <laughs> i don't know why rachel will be calling her own mom the wife <laughs> and saying she's bad <laughs> yeah that is yeah that's a weird assumption the wife is really bad today oh no should we leave <laughs> <laughs> anyway, can't be a bad guy if you're a wife. I guess not. True. Okay, Dusk. Starbuck is thinking about how maybe they just won't be able to find Moby Dick, which she thinks would be best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Anything to add, anyone? He he also is like, well, for some reason, I feel like I have to help Ahab do this thing that isn't even a good thing that I don't even want to do, but I feel like I have to help him. Ain't that the way of it? Yeah, that, what Rachel said. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> well... The next chapter, Stubb is drunk and he's just saying a lot of crap. I assumed he was drunk. What do you think, Rachel? He was just saying things like... He's a little bit Calvinist. He thinks that he he believes in predestination. So he's like, eh, I can't really change what's going to happen anyway, so I might as well sing a little song about it. What? And, like, have a good time. Yeah. He's like, ha, oh, ha, like ha, a song ha. is, like, meant to be a fun thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, he just makes up a weird little song. Read it, Jack. Ha, 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 hem, clear my throat. I've been thinking over it ever since, and that, ha, ha, that's the final consequence. A laugh's the wisest, easiest answer to all that's queer. Hmm. And come what will, one comfort's <laughs> always left. That unfailing comfort is, it's all predestined. And then, towards the end, he says... <laughs> I feel funny. Fala, Lyriscaro. What's my juicy little pair at home doing now? Crying its eyes out? Giving a party to the last arrived harpooners, I dare say? Gay as a frigate's pennant? And so am I. Fala la la. Oh, we'll drink tonight with hearts as light to love as gay and fleeting as bubbles that swim on the beaker's brim and break on the lips while meeting. What? Um, he said gay a whole bunch of times. His little pair, and he doesn't gender the pair. His pair, is that his wife? We don't know. No. It's a genderless pair. But so he's like wondering if his pair misses him or if his pair is cheating, cheating on him with a harpoon. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never okay, know. Okay. Midnight, Forecastle. Foxel, I think, right? It says Forecastle. No, I know, but isn't that how it's pronounced? It's one of those British things. Oh. Well, he's American. I'm not familiar. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, all the nationalities aboard the ship get to say weird, stereotyped things. That's all I got for that chapter. Mm-hmm. And they have a fight. 
because they kind of like they're rude to each other. So they start fighting and then all of a sudden a storm shows up and they stop fighting because they have to do ship that stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody respects each other on a whale ship and they all uh, collaborate all the time. Becca, do you remember we mentioned there's like a young black boy named Pip who works on the ship as well? Mm, I don't remember Pip. I think we mentioned him briefly at the beginning, but he periodically he gets mentioned and he like when the storm happens, he prays to who he calls the big white god and he says have mercy on this small black boy oh i hope he does i don't think god's white well i hope i hope god has mercy on the small black boy though yeah well he drank from the harpoon so he has to be murdered by god now so (laughs) a sailor from the azores is is that how you say it azores azores yeah i guess i'm sure he would have yeah i don't know um there's a sailor from that place saying Go it, Pip. Bang it, bellboy. Rig it, dig it, stick it, quig it, bellboy. Make fireflies. Break the jinglers. Pip says jinglers. You sound like you sound like the creatures in Labyrinth. Yeah, that's what it's... <laughs> dig it, bellboy. Take your head off. <laughs> and the French sailor says, Merry mad, hold up thy hoop, Pip, till I jump through it. Tashtego, quietly smoking, says, that's a white man. He calls that fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up a hoop, I'm gonna jump through it. Tashtego's like, white people are so dumb. Yeah, typical white nonsense. <laughs> the Frenchman says, ha ha ha, and twirls his mustache. That's it. That's that chapter. 41, it says Moby Dick. We're just talking about yeah. rumors and tales about Moby Dick. One rumor is that he is ubiquitous everywhere at once. I thought that was a funny one. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, he destroys <laughs> He's ships. all around us. He's mean. He does that. He's a ubiquitous Yeah, whale. and then there's another one that's like, actually, Moby Dick is everywhere. And I'm like, well, then it shouldn't be that hard to find him, should it? Yeah, it yeah. shouldn't, but it is. He sheared off Ahab's leg by swinging his lower jaw like a scythe. And after that, Ahab went mad. Yeah. So that's how he managed to bite off his leg. Remember I said that in the last episode? I was like, how did he get his big, huge mouth around this, like, one tiny leg? Apparently, he just, Moby Dick's lower jaw. He knocked it. it off. Yeah, he misaligned his lower jaw, and he just, like, swings it and it just like sheared off the leg nice but they so basically ishmael says like oh my gosh it's you know there are these rumors that it's totally supernatural and you know lately there have been more whale attacks and sailors think that like every single attack is moby dick and then he's like there's some truth to every single rumor and you know whales do swim pretty far and pretty fast and it's like (laughs) it is possible that doesn't mean there's some truth to every rumor like what yeah whales (laughs) Swim pretty fast, so it is possible he attacks someone in Japan and then two days later off the coast of Nantucket. You never know. Yeah, he's he's a little bit silly, but they say, like, so the rumor is, you know, like, oh, Moby Dick, people have tried to capture him so many times and they've always failed. And, you know, there's evidence now that he's intelligent and he's, like, evil and going after men. But it's like, no, that makes him a hero. How would we recognize him? He's white. Moby Dick is white and everyone else is not white. I mean, all the other whales are gray, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Moby yeah. Dick is, is white and everyone on the ship is So he's an albino whale. He's a white whale with a wrinkled brow and his jaw is, like, misaligned. He's got a big hump. Yeah, so you can definitely tell. Oh, so he's like a a kind of weird-looking sperm whale. You know him if you see you him, know for him. sure. You definitely I mean, know. also, like, I mean, what if he didn't mean to cut his leg off? He's just like, ow, my jaw is swinging around, you know? Yeah. The other thing is that the... Ishmael thinks, or people say, the reason Ahab went crazy is not because his leg got sliced off. It's because when the leg got sliced off, he was really far away from land. And he was like, 
like in excruciating agony for the whole trip to land Probably like what, and that like the months. pain made him go insane yeah. yeah and he like never slept and he was always like falling out of his hammock because he was thrashing around and that does sound mm. awful yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's not just like oh you don't have a leg who cares it's because he was like driven the mad trauma with pain. of losing his leg yeah and then well no the trauma like i the pain of it being gone and him having no, like, painkillers whatsoever and, like, no, no medical, medical treatment care. for weeks. Yeah. I mean, think about, like, I don't know, I get strep throat for, like, a couple of days and I have to sleep with a fever and I'm like, this is the worst. I hate all every minute of this. I'm in <laughs> such pain. Nothing can make it go away. Now imagine I lost a leg and I have to live like that for, like, two months on a ship. Mm. I'm surprised he didn't die. Yeah. Probably would have been better if he did. Yeah, for everyone. Oh, yeah, definitely. No offense. Better for Moby Dick, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so next chapter is called The Whiteness of the Whale. White is good. White is scary. I actually made, there's a sentence in the beginning of this. So basically, that's all it is, is their first part of the chapter is just saying, like, here are all the examples of things that are white and how they're, like, royal and pure and good And there's a sentence about all of the examples of good things that are white, and it is 462 words long. Wow. This is almost as long as, like, a college entrance exam. One sentence. The thing also, though, about whiteness is there's a couple funny things about it. One is that he's like, yeah, here's a bunch of good white things. And he's like, for example you know, whiteness, that's why the white race is superior, is rightfully superior over all the other races of the earth. I didn't think he was going to say that. He doesn't even say superior. He says like rightfully superior. (laughs) And the funny, the other funny thing is he's always like whiteness. That's the reason that everyone loves this. And like, that's the reason everyone hates this. And I'm like, you don't like, maybe I have no opinion on that. Or maybe I like it for a different reason. Like, why are you telling me that's the reason I have these feelings? And it's also like, he's really He's like, oh, yeah, the festival of the sacred white dog was by far the holiest festival of the uh, of the noble Iroquois midwinter sacrifice. Like, I don't think you know a whole lot about that. You know, also like yeah. they are brown. So I wouldn't use <laughs> yeah. them. As yeah, he says th- the white man has ideal mastership <laughs> over the rest of the world. The dusky nation. Yeah, because he he's white. Oh, the Tusky Nations. He says things like, but the thing is that he's basically like, every time something's white, you're going to have a reaction. You're either going to be like, this thing is awesome, or you're going to be more freaked out. Because he says, for example, the reason people are scared of polar bears is because they're white. I'm like, no, those are giant bears that could kill me if I saw a polar bear. I'm not going to be like, oh, it's brown. I don't care. The reason white (laughs) is so scary on these things is because like white is so great and beautiful and, you know, pure and gorgeous. But if you put it on a thing that's scary, then it's like horrible. It's more scary. And like the, the dissonance just makes it freaky. And so he says, yeah, were it not for the whiteness, you would not have that intensified terror of the polar bear. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I would. Pretty sure I would. Yeah. Pretty sure if I saw a grizzly bear, I'd, I'd be scared. I'm going to be like, oh, that's a, it's brown. I don't care about that. The other thing that, like, is scary about a polar bear being white is that, you know, it's camouflaged. But if the Arctic was purple and a polar bear was purple, it would still be camouflaged. And if it popped out of the purple snow, <laughs> I would still be freaked out. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be like... Ah, well, at least it wasn't white, because that (laughs) would be worse. (laughs) I also feel like the fact that it's white means when it tears things apart, it gets covered in blood, and then it's like, you know, that's that's striking. But also, white people are not even 
the color white. I would like That's to what just I was point thinking. out they're pinkish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like a peachy pinkish color. They're not white, right, Jackie? So he needs to yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah, we're like juicy little pears. <laughs> <laughs> no pears are green. No, maybe an anjou pear. Okay, you know. But so the other thing is, he also takes a swipe at albinos. He's yeah. like, "That's the horrible thing about Listen albinos." To this terrible thing he says. They're like, whiter than he is. That's what I'm saying. I you know. want a white man? How about the albino? That's the whitest man you're ever going to get. He should have dominion over all the nations. If you think whiteness does that, he says the albino is. Yeah, over all the pink nations of the yeah. earth. The albino is as well made as other men, and yet this mere aspect of all-pervading whiteness makes him more strangely hideous than the ugliest abortion. What? Yeah, that's horrible. Also, it's a lie. I've seen multiple albino people, and I've never been like bleg. I don't think uh, anything at all about you it. You look like some. Well, I'm type just saying of they're actually white. <laughs> they're actually white. Yeah. Ishmael's not white. <laughs> right. Like a polar bear. It's just it's just crazy because he's like scary things when they're white, they're even scarier. But then he gives an example of albinos and he's like, for example, albinos. And it's like, wait, what? You just said there's nothing wrong with them. They're just white. Well, a white person, Rachel, is scary. But if the white person is also albino, it's even more terrifying. Well, the only reason he's not scared of white people usually is because we're not usually in the arctic so if we pop out of like the forest we're not camouflaged right yeah unless we're wearing right. camo which which is a pretty white thing to do yeah you got a point there well anyway is ishmael so ishmael is is racist was herman melville racist yes he yeah, had to be like it like he agreed with ishmael i don't think he was more racist than anyone any other white man of his time though okay like, probably honestly less racist because he actually did interact with non-white people yeah, and he put mm-hmm. non-white people in his books and they weren't like just i mean he does stereotype them but they're not just like flat characters that just exist to be black or whatever but earlier in the book he had said like you know, I'm fine with all religions, like whatever anybody believes, like there's nothing about like white Christians that make us any better than anyone else. So I was kind of very surprised and disappointed that he went this route. But I guess my point, though, is like, like if I wrote a book, I could write a character that like the main character doesn't necessarily represent all of my beliefs. Yes, but you know, I just feel like the way he says it, you know, a lot of this just seems like it is. Uh, you're, you're right, though. I mean, like, I don't think, though, that that would be an artistic choice for him because I don't think racism has anything to do with, like, the point of the book. Do you agree, Rachel? Like, if you're going to write a character yeah. who doesn't think what you think, it should be there should be some point to it. Right. I mean, no, I wouldn't say that at all. Actually, I would. I agree with you the first part and I disagree with the second part. Like, I don't think there has to be a reason for his main character to be racist, except that, like, most people were. Okay. But even if they weren't, I don't think it has to be like a book about racism just because some guy's racist. I do think Melville is, and I wouldn't be surprised. I suspect, okay, I suspect it that he's less racist than the average American of like white American of the time, but that he's still racist. And I bet if I did a little research, I could find something in his letters but we do know for sure that Ishmael's racist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he's married to a brown guy. He's a weeb for yep. Polynesia, Herman Melville. We know that. Yeah, which, you know, weebism often goes hand in hand with racism. It sure does. But whatever. Yeah. Well, next chapter, I guess, hark. And then some sailors hear a sound under the hold. They say something is on the ship that shouldn't be, which sounds very ominous to me. It sounds a little like Dracula. Mm-hmm. How would they know that something's on the ship? 
that shouldn't be. Because like, I guess because it's not supposed. There's not supposed to be something moving in the hold. I guess. Okay, so they hear something moving around. It's not like they hear a tap from below. No, he says there's yeah. somebody down in the after hold that has not yet been seen on deck, and I suspect our old mogul knows something of it too. I heard Stubb tell Flask one morning watch that there was something of that sort in the wind. The other guy's like, "Shut up, give me the bucket." Do they ever get to the bottom of this? Or there, no. Well, maybe there's a rumor that. That there's a mysterious passenger on board, but okay, just go look. No, they're busy with the But bucket. they don't, he doesn't go no. look. In this chapter, okay. no, they're just like, I hear a noise, could be mysterious. That's the end of the there's chapter. There's a rumor about that. Yeah. Okay, bye. And that's it. Okay, because, mm-hmm. okay, so yep. no one checks. Nope. <laughs> no, why would you could check? Could just be like a cat or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Could be like a barrel rolling around. <laughs> Who knows? I feel like usually <laughs> if I hear a weird noise, I don't want to go check because that's scary. But if you're on a boat, that you can't get away, I feel like you want to go ahead and check. I disagree. Because it's not like, like you can just leave. Well, I feel like if you can't get away, I'm definitely not going to check because it's just going to get me either way, right? No. Yeah, but because no. you could find out, oh, it's a like a bird got stuck in there yeah. or something, and then you're not stressed anymore. Oh. Or you could you could all join together and meet it on your terms as opposed to mm-hmm. wait for it to sneak up. I'm saying, like, if you were in a house and there's something creepy in the basement, get a new house. Just leave. Get a yeah, new house. Exactly. <laughs> but you can't get a new boat. Jackie so. would be like, perfect for my Halloween orgy. <laughs> I know. Perfect ambiance setter. Yeah. I did put a tarp down in the basement. Mm, I, but I do think... That I mean, that's the whole white people and creepy things. They're not worried about them as much as non-white people. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, we hear a noise, we're like, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, like, what if he went down into Time the hold out. and he found, like, a brown person and he was like, oh, well, at least it's not a, at least it's not a white person. It's fine. <laughs> You're around be scary. Yeah. Or an albino, <laughs> heaven forbid. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the chart... This is another chapter. Mm-hmm. It's where Ahab figures out how to track Moby Dick around the globe based on currents and feeding habits. Why are these yeah. specific to Moby Dick and not all of the sperm whales? It, it is, is my question. It is whales. specific to all whales. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's just, so, so basically Ishmael, he says like, at first I was like, how the hell is Ahab going to find one whale in all the oceans of the world? And he's like, but then I realized that Ahab has memorized like all the currents and whale patterns that exist. So he believes he can predict where Moby Dick will appear because he knows like, oh, this is where whales feed. And also because Moby Dick is so distinct looking, you know, if he hears a rumor like, oh, a white whale is here, he can kind of add it to his mental map. Like if, gotcha. a, like if a bird comes down from the sky and lands on him and is like, hey, there's a white whale over there. Like, how's he going to hear a rumor on the ship in the middle of the Maybe ocean? another well, boat. When he was on shore, he probably heard rumors about it. Maybe. He, he also says that Ahab, like, concentrates on trying to predict Moby Dick and he concentrates. And then sometimes he just, like, starts shrieking. And Ishmael's <laughs> like, hey, it's probably because his soul's trying to escape from his crazy brain. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He is crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, do have they at this point in time has Ishmael even seen a whale? No. Not no. He hasn't, no. No. Okay. Not in the He's reminiscing in so the book. So the narrator Ishmael has seen so many whales that he can brag about it and say like, "Oh, I'm an mm-hmm. expert on whales," but like within the story yeah. he hasn't seen a single whale. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, so I guess this is the last chapter, which is crazy because we haven't even seen Moby Dick yet. The the last chapter of the section. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you think this was the end of the book? I thought it was, and I was like, like that's crazy. We did this in two, two episodes? 
I don't know. How many episodes are we going to do? Probably five. We told you there's like 130 chapters. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel better. So you thought okay, this book this was like, wow. with us being like, yeah, we, I wonder if we'll find Moby Dick, but good thing Ahab memorized all the charts and then we just never got a sequel. In one chapter, <laughs> they're going to find him, kill him, and all be killed by him in one chapter. Well, I didn't know that they were going to kill him. I don't know if they will or not. He will. Ahab says that he will. Or else everyone's going to be smoked. Well, he says that he knows Moby Dick will kill him and he will kill Moby Dick. He's not that reliable. He's insane. Well, it could be the the peculiar sanity that comes with madness. It could be the peculiar Maybe. sanity that comes with shrieking so hard your soul tries to escape. <laughs> no, I think the shrieking is the sound of his soul trying to escape his psyche <laughs> that man needs some soul well anyway so this is not the last chapter this is just the last one we're going to talk about and it's called Today. the affidavit uh-huh. and um saying sperm whales are really dangerous here's some examples just some there's timmer tom new zealand jack morquin the king of japan don miguel <laughs> and there's new zealand tom as if like that is supposed to strike fear into my heart yeah, well, he says there's yeah. New Zealand Jack, and then in the next sentence, he's like, yeah, and the thing about New Zealand Tom, and I'm like, did you just forget that you called him Jack in the previous sentence? <laughs> Maybe there's two whales in New Zealand. I don't know. <laughs> it's just crazy yeah. that he worked on this book for so long, and yet he gets so many just random little things wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like when he, he called Queequeg's homeland two like different Rokovoko things within the span of, yeah, Jokococo two chapters. Yeah. Rocavoco and Locavoco. Four Locavoco. Well, yeah. And then he's talking about whales got harpooned in certain instances and they survived only to get harpooned again later. Sometimes. By the same people who originally harpooned them. Yeah, sometimes three years apart. And he keeps saying, I know I know of three instances. Okay, there's three instances which I've heard of and I have on good authority, but I know that there's three. Um, and these are, you know, when they happen, like the whale got harpooned and then later they got harpooned again. And like, I know that there's three of them. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know that there's three. And then there's another part. And he also, he says he was there for Two yeah, of them, I was there right? for two of them, but I know that there's three. And then, like, one of them, like, the guy harpooned it, and three years later, he harpooned it again. I think it was probably more than three years, but I know it was three years, but I think it was probably more. Like, I actually think it might have been more than three years, but I know it was three. What is he doing? He says, like, I'm basically certain that it was actually more than three. And it's like, okay, just say the amount of years that you think it was. Like, why are you telling us three then if you're pretty sure that's wrong? He's just, yeah, he's, but he's yeah, really insistent. All over the place. He wants us to know that he, he knows things. Yeah, because yeah. he's trying to explain. He's like, you probably think this story is crazy, but actually whales frequently survive attacks. And it's like, dude, nobody thought it was crazy because of that. Like, that's not so surprising. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's a sea monster in the Mediterranean, and he's like, sperm whales don't live there, but I still think it was a sperm whale that was the sea monster in the Mediterranean. There was like an old (laughs) story from like ancient Rome where there was like this terrible sea monster that was sinking ships, and it was never like described what the sea monster looked like. But here is Ishmael being like, here are the reasons I think it was a sperm whale. Now, sperm whales don't actually live in that region of the world, but, um, and it was never but described. they could. But, uh, someone once said that they saw a sperm whale over there, and one time a skeleton washed up over there that was a sperm whale. So I'm pretty sure it was a sperm whale. 
That's it. Huh. Yeah, he's just obsessed with sperm like he whales. He thinks they're terrorizing boats, even though... Yeah. I feel like if he had said, like, there was an alien that came down from the moon and attacked London, he'd be like, now, I bet it was a sperm whale, and here's why. <laughs> like, he would come up with anything. Yeah. He also, something very funny is that Moby Dick is, like, famously allegorical. So when you're in high school English class and they're talking about allegory, they're like, you know, it's like Moby Dick, the whale. It's not really a whale. What is it then? <laughs> An alien. Well, we'll we'll get to it once the book is over. Oh. But when Ishmael's talking about about it, he's like, "Listen, you know, as you listen to my story, judge it using human reasoning." And he says, "Do not believe that it's a hideous and intolerable allegory." <laughs> oh. It's like That's when uh, J.R.R. Tolkien was like, hey, this is not an allegory for World War One. Yeah. This is just some guys doing a thing. Yeah. My party is not an orgy, okay? No matter how many tarps I lay down and no matter how many bowls of condoms yeah. I have at the door. Yeah. <laughs> a hideous and intolerable orgy. It is. Don't think of it that way. Use your reasoning and your brain. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that's uh, that's the first, you know, 45 chapters of Moby Dick. We're plugging right along. We really are. I do want to say one thing. This is a personal connection I have to this story. When I taught English in Korea, I had a friend named Amelia who also taught English with me. And there are all these basically carnival games that are just on the streets. So you can walk around and play random carnival games at random places. Like they have nothing to do with a street festival. That sounds scary. That sounds like you're about to get a, a demon out of a fortune telling machine or no 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 it's fine at the time that we were there there were these very common or relatively common prizes which were gigantic angry birds and my coworker (laughs) amelia just kind of started playing these games and she like won an angry bird and then i guess maybe her boyfriend won her an angry bird and she decided that she was going to win one of each angry bird and (laughs) when i found out about this the only angry bird she didn't have was the white angry bird and like everywhere we went around the city she was trying to find this white angry bird and it was like it was her quest like anytime we went to the particular part of the city that had a lot of the street games she's like do you mind if i just look over there and see if they have the white angry and bird? rachel's like i can't <laughs> over here to do this other thing like we don't need to spend all our energy on this one yeah i'm here for all the angry birds not the one (laughs) just the white one and then the angry bird in the in the container looks out and is like oh my god is that amelia i have to go she's been hunting me (laughs) i was looking for that i was looking for that (laughs) but um so what i started to do was like I would find some quotes from Moby Dick and just start, like, quoting them to her, but putting in the white angry bird instead of the white whale. And I saw them actually—I don't know how long ago. A while ago, I did see them pop up again on Facebook. It was just, like, me saying some Moby Dick quotes to Amelia, but her as Captain Ahab in her quest for the white angry bird. Which, when I heard about that, I was kind of like, did nobody else— think about this like it seems so, so obvious, obvious to me did uh did you write an essay to her called the whiteness of the angry bird no maybe i should yeah, have you, well you it's not too late oh, well one of uh my grandmother's uh years ago when angry birds was a thing was trying to talk about them she's like i saw the uh you know somebody was playing that game what is it called dirty birds the mad flappers <laughs> Dirty birds. oh <laughs> <laughs> mad flappers would be cute <laughs> Well, anyway, that's my personal connection. I really did feel like Ishmael for a while because I was like, Amelia, you've got to stop. This is driving you mad. Do you feel like give it up? (laughs) My skin was so tight. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, my skin was. That was when I started seriously taking care of my skin. I guess. When did she? Did she ever get the bird? I think so. I think she did. It's not a bird. 
It's an allegory. Which, speaking of skincare, I did see a Korean friend today, and she was shocked at how old I am in a good way. Like, she thought I was younger. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I think is a, a great compliment. <laughs> how did she not already know how old you are? Yeah, right. She's my, she was my coworker in Korea, Lena. Oh. You know, people were various ages there. Oh, okay, okay. Any funny stories from you, Becca? Do any unauthorized dental procedures lately? Um... <laughs> no, I wouldn't even say if I had, though. She wouldn't admit it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, been doing some, I have been doing some procedures, but all above board, so don't all you worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, guys, uh, I think I'm going to go take another COVID test. I'm not feeling so hot, but I sound great. Oh, no. Uh, let's just let's All just right, sign y'all. off and say ahoy. Ahoy. Chips ahoy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Ahoy. Say ahoy, Becca. Ahoy. Okay, ahoy. We'll see you next time when we cover, you know, chapter 46 until question until mark. question mark. And if you want an invite to my not orgy Halloween party, send me a DM or, or an, an email. email. You can contact us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Fire the Cannon Pod. Our email address is firethecannonpod at gmail.com. Uh, we also have an, a Twitter, an X, a whatever it is that it's called now, Fire the Cannon Pod. And mm-hmm. we are on Threads, which is actually pretty fun. We're also at Fire the Cannon Pod there. I think that's it. If you want to join our Patreon, check us out at Fire the Cannon. Sorry, check us out at patreon.com slash firethecanon. And please become a patron of ours. Uh, we would also love it if you would tell other people about our show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, it would make me feel a whole lot better now that I'm dying of COVID. <clears throat> Thanks. Thumbs us up on Spotify, too. Yeah, so that after that spiel, which Jackie asked Becca and I to do instead because her throat hurt, but then she decided to do herself, we will let her go. Oh, no, that was the end. That was the end. Huh? We always say that information at the end, too. I know, but you said your throat was hurting, so I thought you were going to say ahoy and then go rest your mouth. Your oh, throat. I was going to do the end, and then I thought you guys were going to do the middle. Sure, but we could have done both. Well, okay, go. Stop talking. Bye. bye ahoy, Jackie. Bye. <laughs> wow.